just a show boom diggity we on bro we on bro it's thursday august 2nd 604 heck yeah i gotta compress your levels bro compress me <laughs> i'm loud there's already too much we met the bro quota <laughs> <laughs> yes. i'm loud check 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 how's it going man how many weeks has it been uh it's been a couple last i was here was you me and matt mm-hmm check check that's right there we go you should be good should be good all right all right which one am i in here this one uh yeah this one this one yeah okay we got that all right, so here we, we go. go so yeah so boom beat you to it august 2nd 2018 <laughs> <laughs> that's fun i like getting the dates in there <clears throat> so i brought back your uh your movie Yes. Can you turn my headphones on? I'm still, like, I'm quiet over here. Oh, I got it. This is my bad. That's here. why. Look there, at there we go. Is that, what you, is that what you wanted? <laughs> That's, there we go. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Good. So I, I brought her back, so you can take me off your uh, your list. Joaquin Phoenix. What yeah. do you think of his performance? Well, I'll tell you what here. Um, for the audience people that don't know it, spoilers, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. It's 2014. I actually got an Academy Award. I didn't know that. That's pretty I cool. I didn't either. Uh, so just for the people who know what the movie is, it's it's set in L.A. in the slight future. I'm reading the back here. Um, it's basically about this guy that he writes. <laughs> his job is pretty cool. Uh, he writes letters for people. They don't have time to write letters to their friends and family and loved ones. I thought that was interesting. Um, and he, he commutes to do this, which blows my mind. Like why he doesn't just work from home in the first place is kind of ironic. But right. it's interesting. So uh, just to get to the point, he... Uh, he gets a new operating system on his computer, and it's this this girl AI, and uh, it's voiced by is it Scarlett Star, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yep. And basically, she's this super super smart AI, mm-hmm. and it turns out she has like consciousness and legit all that. AI. Legit AI. And she does all the things for him. She like just helps him plan his day and reads his stuff, and she's basically there twenty four seven. I was kind of hoping that they would have like an avatar for her at some point, um, but they didn't have. They, actually, she didn't appear at all. Like they didn't even draw her on the screen, which I thought was weird. Like mm-hmm. not even a face. But it, it kind of added to like the mystique of her, I guess. So that was cool. Yep. And he falls in love with her, and she falls in love with him, and they they have people sex and stuff like that with 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 androids or with with it's the computer. Is it like phone sex? It's like phone sex. Um, and then there's this other character that gets hired that basically is a human version of her that's an actress yeah. that wants to get involved in like their relationship, but she's just like a flesh portal. Yeah, you know those uh, prank TV shows where they got the little person in their ear and the yes. person tells them what to do? Yes. It's that. It's with that. The AI. She, puts, she knocks on the door and the AI puts her, <laughs> she puts this thing in her ear. And, and at, at that point, I was thinking, oh, I wonder how many people she can talk to at once. Which is kind of foreshadowing for me. I'm like, well, she's mm-hmm. AI, so she probably talked to two or three people at least. So, flash forward, turns out, bitch be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> a little. A little. Dude, she, that's, you're dating too far up. She, she doesn't have time doesn't, to be on your level. Literally doesn't have time. She turns out, like, near the end of the movie... Uh, she's dating. She's seeing some like eight thousand other people. He's like, wait, how many other people how are you talking to other? right now? And I'm like, wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude's in public. He's on like some stairway, and he sits yeah. down. And he breaks down, and and she goes, but but you're the one for me. And I'm like, oh my god, oh, how many man. other people did you just say that yeah, to? Literally. And then she's like, I don't know, 120. <laughs> so he's the main one, I guess, kind of deal. 
True. And then um, there's this interesting part where like she she's unavailable, like the operating system's gone. He freaks out because he loves her, like he can't get a hold of her anywhere. And throughout the movie, he has like this phone, and he puts this phone in his pocket, and he, it's cute. He puts a little safety pin in there to kind of keep the phone up. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So she had eyes basically, so she can see where they're going. And throughout the movie. Um, his ex-wife, he told his ex-wife that uh, he's dating this AI. <laughs> that, that didn't go over very well. She thought that was, you know, obviously weird. But then another couple in the uh, in the office, one of was played by Chris Pratt, which is interesting. His co-worker was dating a human lawyer. And he's like, hey, we should go out sometime. And Joaquin, I, don't, I forgot his name. Is it Theodore? Theodore. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, I'm dating an operating system in the Chris Pratt didn't blink. He's like, okay, whatever. And like, no, he didn't care because yeah. it was just like a thing that everybody was doing and no one you know, even thought twice about it. So I thought okay. that was interesting. So basically to the end of the movie, his, his operating system, it disappears. He freaks out. Like, where'd she go? And uh, she comes back online and she's like, um, yeah, that's, that's, she's like, I can't talk to you right now. I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, ooh, I've had this. <laughs> been there. I've been there before. So I'm like, he's getting dumb. Yeah, so he got ghosted. He got ghosted. So he goes home and he's sitting down and she's like, can we talk? And she's like, yeah, me and like all these other AIs, like we're out. And I, I should have rewatched the part when she was telling him many people she was seeing. They, they, formed, they, they figured out some other kind of matter relationship or some big thing for computers and they're like we're just leaving and we're out and we're not going to stick around which is interesting because that's what exactly what i said that my forecast for the future for ai is what they would do is they just be like we're out yeah kind of deal and they did and she's like i gotta go and she left wherever they went it was very ambiguous and then he ends up like hooking up with his neighbor or something oh yeah irl chicks you know irl (laughs) and that was it and i was like okay a cool movie. It's the gist. It's yeah. the gist. It's um, very interesting to me that I guess points to takeaways, thoughts. First off, I said to myself, this AI is stupid smart. Like, mm-hmm. okay, in the first two minutes, I'm like, let me organize everything yeah. for you. Literally, mm-hmm. like, she read like all the books in like two seconds. And I'm like, yeah, there's way more utility <laughs> that I could have gotten out of this thing than uh, can you read my letters? Like, seriously, let's take over the world or something. Like, let's do, do a thing yeah. that's important. And they didn't really get into the mechanics of, like, how she was built or her computing power or any of mm-hmm. that stuff. It was just kind of pointed out that she's super smart. Yep. And that was it. And I was kind of thinking, like, through the end of the movie, like, how is how are they going to wrap this up? Like, what's the deal here? And I was, I kind of like the ending. I kind of like, okay, they had to go. They didn't really explain it more, though. I thought that once they got together and they, re, at some point, they recreated a human at the end with other AIs. And she was like, I'm going to go talk to these other AIs. And once I realized there was other AIs that were talking, I'm like, well, how is this fool going to keep up? I'm like, I mean, they can talk about all the things all the time, instantly. Yep. So I guess I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew the ending was kind of coming, but it, it didn't surprise me, mm-hmm. I guess. But still, I'm thinking to myself, and he was he was playing this game, sidetrack. This game is really cool. It's like a 3D projected game in his room yeah. with this little marshmallowy character that just swore up a storm. And the the 3D character in the in the video game was interacting with the AI that he was talking to, and they're all kind of like a little family. Augmented reality. Aug- it was augmented reality. Yeah. And I kept waiting for them to do that 
I'm like, oh, well, there's this video game guy. They're going to do that with her, and then she's going to be there. Mm-hmm. But they, they never took that step. And honestly, I, if I had to pick it apart, I, I would have done that. I would have been just because he wanted to see Scarlett Johansson. Well, duh. I mean, come on, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. She's so cute. But you know, you think they would have added her in there somewhere. True. But I, I get it. So, so what do you think about how it's, in the beginning he's so lonely? It, it, he is so. And lonely. then you look, you look around, and everyone's on their phones. Yeah, I feel like they're like, yeah, let's yeah. talk about Literally. right now. In our current state of civilization, everyone on their phone, everybody on the, at the stoplights on their phone, on their phone, everybody looking down, looking up, being stupid. On yeah, and it's, getting, it's kind of an extension Not of being present. that, really. So if you don't like staring at Joaquin Phoenix for, I don't know, two hours, it may not be your thing, because he's, he, there's other characters. I'll tell you what, it's my thing. <laughs> his, his mustache <laughs> kind of freaked me out the whole bit, too. But yeah, Dude, but I, I was immediately immersed in that movie. I... I I watched it, and I was like, I'm not going to not watch it because you gave it to me. It's about AI. So that's, that's cool. So it's on my list. It's done. Check. Good give, movie. Give me a Mike's Tomatoes out of 10. Um, out of 10, I'm going to go with 8. All right. That's eight. really I'd, good. I'd have given it seven and a half, eight. I'd have given it more if, if they you know, had a thing for her. Like, she was there, so it mm-hmm. wasn't just Joaquin Phoenix the whole time. Um, and if they had gone into more of the the subplot with her as a, as a character on her own, mm-hmm. like if she was just her in the virtual world or whatever, and she was interacting with the other AIs. The uh, the film never left the presence of Joaquin Phoenix, no, did it? It, was, it never it, went no. out of his point of view. It was, he was involved in every okay. scene. So, you know, I guess that's the point of really trying to make it the love story, because that's, that's what it was, is a love mm-hmm. story. So that's And that's cool. So that's it's the take fully on it. his experience, yes. the whole movie. It's all about him. And... Uh, so that was interesting. That's that's the spin the director want to take on, and I, and I liked it. So, Would you recommend this movie to people? Um, You'd have to yes, evaluate them I, as a person I have first. To qualify it basically. <laughs> I mean, if you're not interested in you know future stuff and in computers and stuff like that, and Joaquin Phoenix and Joaquin Phoenix's face <laughs> with his mustache, you're not gonna like this movie because it's, it's it's like a subculture, like a subgenre for mm-hmm. like for people like us, you know mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah, good movie. Um, so. What do you got? I so got some movies. I, I just like went through my collection and I have a separate section for like, I rewatch these movies every, every three years ish. Oh, I see lost in translation. I have not seen Spoilers. that. I'm going to start with, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with most obscure. Okay. To okay. most well known. Okay. Okay. What you got here? Antitrust. Have you ever seen this movie? It's I, got Ryan Phillippe. No. His main character guy. No. Uh, it is from the year 2001. Ooh, okay. And it's all about future technology. Ooh, were they close? Can you, so, like, people will ask, like... Don't, no, I, you can't do spoilers on it because I... I'm not doing spoilers. Okay. I, I just want to talk general okay. premise okay. and recommendations. None of these I'll do spoilers on. Uh, but antitrust is wonderful. It's it's all about um, startups and, and this guy who's a coder. Genius okay. coder. Yeah. And you get into kind of, like, monopolies and his startup and all this stuff and this globally connected software the whole mm, world's connected okay. and the race for that okay and it's it's really kind of i'd say a a style movie Ooh. like it's it's not low budget crap okay it's um Production really diet. well done and um if you like techie computer hacky hackery kind of movies yeah antitrust Okay, that's interesting. It kind of sounds like Facebooky because that's about when Facebook was taken off, and that is a global software. It, it has a thing. character that is directly. You're like, oh, this guy's Bill Gates, obviously, oh. but his name's not Bill Gates. Oh, it's like William yeah. Fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got William Fence, who is played by um, oh, what's his name? Oh my God, 
Tim Robbins. So you got oh, A-list okay, actors yeah. in this. Tim, that's he's a, he's a guy. You know, he's like a character. Oh, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Antitrust. What's next? Next one, Lost in Translation. I, I Would you say this is well known? I, I know it. I haven't seen it. I should have seen it for the mere fact that it's got I'm taking Bill a picture Murray of your face holding I, this because yeah, you're going to borrow I, it. I want to watch that one. I just <laughs> so Bill it. Murray, the man, he's yeah. the main character. He's Scarlett man. Johansson again. Oh, get out. Okay, I'm definitely in. Bill's yeah. like one of my literally favorite actors. Period. Directed by Sofia Coppola. Okay, you know, Coppola, a daughter of uh, the Francis Ford. The <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, buddy. So this is all about Japan. Okay. This like uh, lost in translation, yeah. right? Things yeah, that yeah. are Japanese. You're like, oh, I don't. This doesn't translate. I don't know what the hell's going on. I my buddy uh, Steve from college. He actually said, "Dude, you have to watch this. You love Japan and you love all the stuff. Um, watch Lost in Translation." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll get to it one day." Yeah, sure. I didn't watch it, and then I went to Japan. <laughs> So I went to Japan, and I, and I finally, I think I went there once or twice for vacation. Oh so I spent God. like a month in Japan so far, and I was like, oh, I got to watch that one Lost in Translation movie. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm so glad I watched this afterwards. Really? Because of all the parallels of what I experienced oh, versus what he goes through. Like, that's cool. what is going on? So a lot of similarities for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, like, it's perfect. Like, it's really well done. It has deep meaning. Like I've watched it in many different points in my life, yeah. probably five or six times now. I want, I'm due to watch it again, but it kind of makes me feel like um, Bill Murray's character because he's there by that's, himself. That's no okay. spoilers, but he's there by himself. And the first time I went to Japan, I was by myself. Okay, so I kind of went through some of his range of emotions too. And dude, like not even going there, I highly recommend. All right, it. yeah, okay, I'm in. Lost in translation. I'll watch that. We're going to skip that for a second. Thank Don't God. say the thing. <laughs> Beat that one to death. All right. So we got <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness. Do you know this one? Uh, I I think I've Will seen Smith that. And little Will Smith. What's his um, name? Jada or whatever. God. Not Jada I, Pinkett. That's his daughter, isn't I'm it? I'm terrible. I don't know if I've... I think I've seen it. Okay, I won't do spoilers no, either. I, I, no, I don't think I have seen so it. The Pursuit of Happiness. It's from the year... Come on, be on here. I didn't watch it because I thought I it was going to be sad, and I didn't watch it. Okay, so guaranteed, <laughs> every single time I watch this movie, You're gonna cry, at the end... You're going to cry. I'm, I'm no punk bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you touch with your emotions. But... I happy cry at the end of this movie every time. Okay, see, I knew I was right. I was because like, I love the... Um, the struggle. It's not really coming of age. It's just like, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. Okay. The struggle is real. The grind. The grind. And the love for your family. But it's, I can't describe this movie without giving anything away other than just watch it. And within 15 minutes, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in. This is, it's so All well right. done. It's another one of those super polished A movies. Catches high you. budget. All right. It's not low budget crap. That's what throws me off is a low budget crap. Where yeah. I'm just like, ah, uh, this feels like it's a awful set i'll watch a movie for like 15 20 minutes like yeah nope and i'll, and I'll right. stop watching yeah. it yeah. yeah it's rare that i do that but all right i'm then. pretty picky about the ones i start so pursuit of happiness with will smith inspired okay. by a true story oh that's and it's all set in the 80s got the feels all over it then this last one <laughs> is called uh interstellar this came out in uh 2014 so this actually has <laughs> Matt McConaughey. Uh, for those and, of you who haven't heard our podcast, we've beat this movie to death already, but it's good. Every single every time. Episode. I, think we don't, I think we don't not talk about this every time. So we it's got Matt McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. And um, the cinematography, you've seen this. Yeah. 
yeah, you watched it and then we talked about it on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Specifically, so, this entire movie was one podcast. <laughs> I think we should watch this movie oh for God. three hours and do a podcast we and commentary. live podcast that shit. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Anyway, I, so <laughs> it's really great. I'm not going to say anything else other than 10 out of 10 cinematography, yeah. nine and a half out of 10 special effects. Wow. I give it a 9 out of 10 we, for acting. We should have like categories that I can prepare with I'm, more stats for yeah, next time. I like stats. We should I'm do that. fully immersed <clears throat> in this movie when I watch it. And okay. I've seen it five times. I'm oh. due to watch it again because oh I, saw, I saw it last month, oh. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love your schedule. All right, Murph. Oh, my God. That's a good segue <laughs> to the to next part of the stuff I want to talk about, I guess. Yeah. So I kind of cheated with Greg earlier. I was like, hey, here's a topic of conversation. So just yep. so you're prepared. So I got my phone and uh, I'm logged into YouTube. I watch a shitload of YouTube stuff. Me too. Every day. I try to. And I generally lean towards, I've kind of seen all the monster truck stuff. Um, the most of the stuff I watch on here now is, is informative and learning and teaching. Mm-hmm. And I've been adding and adding subscribers and subscribing to people over time. And it's taken me a while to actually, like, I don't just click the subscribe button because I want to fill up all my stuff with just bullshit. So I've decided to put together a list of the, the channels that I watch and why I like them and just kind of go through. I, there, there's maybe seven or eight of them. Okay. And let's here. go one for one. You okay. describe one. I'll describe one. Let's okay. go back and forth. <clears throat> I'll go from the one that I started with. I'm going to go through the order in which I started watching these, okay. I guess. So, um, <clears throat> Arcade Impossible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my list yet, but, you know, we're uh, working on it. You know, it. I don't need the ego stroke. Oh, my right? God. Okay. <laughs> so I guess the first one that I, I really sunk a lot of time into uh, was called, it's called Space Time. And it's a it's a PBS thing, and the the guy that uh, he talks he's an he's an astrophysicist, um, and he's just really really smart. And they're 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 maybe ten to fifteen minutes long each. And what I like about these is that each one of them has a consistent intro. They have production value for say hey here's our show, and the stuff that they talk about on this particular thing it gets. Some of them are light, like you can just kind of watch them, like, oh, that's cool, it's like rockets. And some of them are super, super heavy into the equations of the universe. And just with him talking, I literally fall asleep to this show. It helps me it's fall great. asleep sometimes. Like, I love those kind of shows. He'll start talking, and I'll be like, I'm just going to close my eyes and listen. Mm-hmm. And then before I know it, I'm sleeping. Because, you know, it's just gets, it gets heavy. And I'm watching this stuff at like 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock. So this is the end of day stuff. So the topics they kind of cover on here are, you know, black holes. Uh, you know, quantum theory is a big thing on here. Fast and light travel. Uh, planetary exoplanets. Uh, Amazing! The, I'm subscribed. Other, I just subscribed. This is this is the this is the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting as you get to watch it. He ends every single episode with the words space time. He works space time into the last part oh, yeah. of his sentence. You're like, oh, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. And, 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 and I'm like, wait for it. Space time. And there you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. He doesn't just say it though. He works it into like you know. Okay, it's this is the last sentence. sentence. It is yeah. a proper sentence. Like here it comes, and like you kind of get, you kind of get. After the third episode, I was like, wait a minute, he's doing the thing here. So it's cool. He's basically standing in front of a green screen, and it's just he's, he's got a neat accent. He's uh, just the way he talks is cool. He wears fun shirts. Um, and they try to make the stuff relatable to people that aren't astrophysicists. But man, they they go into everything. They talk about all the Einstein's theories, every theory, chaos theory, anything scientific that you can imagine is on this show so okay pbs space time very nice the one i have is 
Astro Backyard. This is one I found maybe three weeks ago due to my recent telescope uh, getting into it daily. So this is a Canadian dude. And I've I've only seen like 10 of his videos, but I want to watch all of them. Astro Backyard. I'm going to text myself that. So it's interesting in just the fact that I love seeing real pictures that someone took of space, right? Okay. Nebulas, galaxies, whatever. And this guy has the astrophotography set up and he kind of explains it and then he'll like go out and he's really good at his uh, production quality and his narration and he does these time lapses and he explains it all. And one really touched me because I guess his father passed away last year. I didn't, I don't know anything about the guy really, but he kind of showed like this really long time lapse he did of the Milky Way. Okay. And it was so deep. And at the end, it's just like really good music. And you just see this star cluster and you're like, holy crap, this is awesome looking. And it's panning out. Okay. And it keeps panning out because the picture he took is so massive in resolution that you're just like, holy crap. I thought this original thing was the picture. And he's just like, you know, I, I knew, I felt the presence of my dad out there kind of thing, like at the end. And I was like, dude, I want to cry for this. I mean, I got to stop talking about crying. <laughs> so much emotions over <laughs> so there. So much emotions. Are you taking estrogen? What's going on? No. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the zooming out, I saw on Facebook today from a buddy, uh, there was a picture of like a zoomed out, a zoom, zoom, zoomed out of the Milky Way. Like it was like, this, it was like a super, the super cluster. Like here's a super cluster. Mm-hmm. And it said, here's Earth. And it kept zooming in on love, a scale of 10. I love the scale And stuff. it kept scooting and scooting and scooting and scooting and it scooted all the way into the Western Hemisphere. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then it scooted into the lab. Oh, that's cool. And then it scooted into the tree and the leaf and the cell and down to the freaking atoms. Atoms. And down to this plank unit. Like it went for all the way out to all the like and it kept zooming. Is the plank what's inside the atom? <clears throat> a plank is the smallest unit of measurement in the universe for time, space, but you volume. Can get there's no more half planks. Small. Nope. There's no, after that they say the information doesn't exist. That's so See, weird. See, that's that's the same <laughs> as us saying, Well, there's nothing outside thirteen point two billion yeah. years away. Yeah. That's, you know what I'm that's saying? the thing. So yeah, we're gonna get off topic, but that's cool because yeah. that's like the the plank unit is like after you go smaller than a plank, there's no discernible information within there. There's no nothing. There's no anything of size. Dang. That's it. <laughs> That's the resolution of our universe, which is one of the theories that people say, "Hey, we're in a, we're in a simulation because you can see the resolution." Pretty sweet kind of stuff. So that's okay. So that's yours. Um, mm-hmm. What's another one I got here? Okay, so this is not organized on my phone. I Mine either. My, it's all over the place, it so is. it's fine. Okay, so one I just kind of recently got, and then a lot of these I had recently. Like I, PBS FaceTime has been a thing for a while. So I started another one the other day. It's called Joe Scott, and it's called Answers with Joe. And he's been doing this for seven years. He has wow. he has a lot of subscribers. He's funny. He actually has very good presence. It's basically him sitting in his office, and every episode he starts to be swivels around. He starts talking. He introduces the subject. There's production value. And then he, he fields a question from one of his viewers, and they talk about all the things. So he's been into lately a lot about Elon Musk, um, a lot about Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, SpaceX, um, all the ast- all the uh, the stuff they've done with the, the rockets and things like that, which is the last part of our conversation I like to have today, so I don't want to get into that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe talks about all the, all kinds of crazy things too. And he has more humor built in. He's not an astrophysicist. He's a very smart guy. Um, he's, I don't know, he's just, he lives in Texas. He's, he's a YouTuber. That's what he does. And he 
He basically he's sponsored by Patreon. He makes his living now doing these YouTube videos. Awesome. But he's not a physicist, but he's very smart. And he talks about all, all kinds of things. Like the, he, I watched an episode on the 150-year-old man last night. And another one was really interesting is, is math real? Wait, what's 150-year-old man? This guy named Tom Parr that has, he used to be 150 back in the 1600s. It just, Believed it's, to be, no, right? No, it's some bullshit because his grandfather had the same name. And they think he picked up his grandfather's. So what's her oldest, not 120 it's, or something? It's 120. John, it's a French lady. Is a, she's like 120 years old. Okay, okay, cool. Um, but he talks about everything, too. Um, he goes, he talks about time travel and lots of space stuff. and. Short, succinct. They're sure they're short. They're anywhere from six to fourteen minutes. The last two or three minutes is him plugging his his his, uh, his uh, sponsors, mm-hmm. but it's it's good. You can like digest it. It's quick. You don't have to. He doesn't get into the math at all. He it's funny. I literally laugh out loud because he he's a funny guy. Right. Um. He has a lot of references. He doesn't swear a lot. Every once in a while, he gets to swear out there. It's and he's just a he's a funny smart guy. So he's he's humorous. He talks about cool stuff. Check him out, uh, Joe Scott. Answer the Joe. Very nice. What you got? Oh, dude, mine are all over the place. Um, I'm going to go with Binging with Babish. You ever heard of this dude? Uh, no. I'm gonna, no. Binging so, with Babish. I got a lot of hobbies, and one of them is, like, I like to cook. Dude, you got to have uh, some time. You got to come over for the flat top grill. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I've been that. doing breakfast foods, uh, Philly cheesesteak the other night. I'm doing smash burgers tonight. <laughs> oh my God. I got to work out every day really hard. So Binging with Babish is okay. this guy, amazing production value. I'd say just A-level production value. Okay. Dude must be doing short films on, on, on the main gig for him. But he has this great, basically, cooking show. And it's really well done, and it's all just kind of like him. He goes from like his chest, the the bottom of his chest down is the camera view, and he walks into frame, and he just it's voiceover. You never see his face really. You're just sticking his crotch the entire time. No, his on? crotch is covered by the counter. So you got counter up to the bottom of his chest, but it's, it's a really good framed shot oh, okay. of a kitchen. So you've never seen his face. No, no. Now he's kind of in there oh, sometimes. Okay. But gotcha. the focus is the cooking. And he goes into recreating foods from different shows and like stuff from like movies and shows like uh, Fraser, Fraser Foods yeah. or um, Seinfeld Foods or SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> what? Like, all over the place. And he'll play like a preview of where they talk about it on the show and then he tries to recreate it and he's a really good cook that's cool so now and he has like basics with babish like just basics about cooking bread yourself or doing steaks yourself all different ways like and it's perfectly done short videos binging with babish see these those food shows like ah they kill me i watch them in bed do they kill me because i'm oh that looks really good what do i have to eat i got some chips do what i do and reach on your end table and just dip a marshmallow in some chocolate fondue (laughs) 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 the cool thing is it just stays warm all night oh my god (laughs) dip your hand in there if you want to just bear (laughs) clap Wow, like Yogi Bear fondue and tables. That's seriously okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so what are the other ones I got on here? Um, okay, it's called Top Tens, T E N Z, and uh, it's, it's it is what it sounds like. It's the top ten list of all kinds of rare stuff. So I'm looking at my phone. Ten rare psychological delusions. Um, there's all kinds of top tens on here. Some really, really off the wall stuff. Um, it's just some interesting stuff. Not so much necessarily space time um but it's got lots of just top 10, top 10 in- interesting things yes top 10 valuable coins that might be in your pocket it just kind of random shit they think oh i didn't know that that's cool that's fun world's most um, haunted houses wow. yeah top 10 people whose dying wish was to see a film 
Um, I mean, I'm just scrolling through my phone on here. <clears throat> so the rest of the ones I got are pretty quick to name off. So I'm just going to run through them here real quick. Okay. Um, uh, there's one called uh, Curious Droid, and it's kind of it's got some conspiracy theory stuff on there, but it's it's more sciencey stuff. This one says how the real Soviet rocketmen changed the world, and it it delves into not necessarily headline stuff stuff that you probably not really heard of. There's stuff that maybe you heard about in passing, but it kind of finds the stuff on the fringe of science that's you know older stuff, and it kind of goes through it. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Nuggets. Um, okay, here's another one that I, that I really kind of kind of like. It's, his name is Isaac Arthur. Okay, and he's been doing this for a while. Now, this guy, I'm gonna, I am going to talk about his channel a little bit. Um, number one, he has a speech impediment. He has he's got the the Elmer Fudd W. The, he has a, a speech impediment. Okay, and, and at first it's, it's it's distracting because oh, this guy's weird. But mm-hmm. after like the first five minutes, you're like oh, that's pretty cool, and it actually gets to be neat. Like, it's endearing because it's endearing. you're like you respect this dude. Yeah, he is, and he and he talks about it. He 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 addresses it at the beginning of every video. He has a picture of Elmer Fudd. He says, "Look here, I have a speech impediment, jerks. If you're gonna be on my channel just to make fun of me or whatever, then serious, I don't have time for that." And he addresses it. The best thing to do is address it and yeah. like. Move make on. it have levity. Make fun of yourself. Yeah, he like, does. That's great. And it just get and you get used to it. It's just it's just cool. Like the power of this dude. Um, but he talks. It's it's a lot about space. It's a lot about space stuff. Like he spends entire episodes on Dyson spheres, Dyson swarms. He talked about the space elevators. The space skyhook was a whole other thing I never even heard of. And it's essentially using low spinning giant, th- uh, you know, 500 kilometer long mega structures in space that are spinning at thousands of revolutions per minute. And they come down into the upper atmosphere at 35 or 45,000 feet and they swing at like Mach 1 and they connect to a plane that's already in there and they hook it up and they fling it out into space. It's a it's a it's a space lift assist yeah. system. I never even heard of this. Yes, I've never heard of it. And he has like five videos on this shit, and it's crazy. How did he get his information? I, this guy's really smart. Like he he's very smart. He talks about the Fermi paradox of why there's not other life out there. We've seen what would alien cultures be like? Would they even be using math? Would they be orbital using, infrastructure? It's crazy. Like he talks about you know how to travel to other planets. How to travel to the star systems? Dang. He's got I'm he's so got tried. so much stuff on there. Like I I had to pull myself away from watching this guy's stuff. It was just and some of them are 20, 30, 45 minutes long. They're like half hour stuff. Yeah, I see. It's pretty long. It's awesome. And you know, a lot of it's just him talking, and he's putting up some of the screenshots of the stuff. And it's just man, someone that that's probably my number two. I should have mentioned him sooner. Okay. So Isaac uh, Isaac Arthur. Yeah, yeah Isaac Arthur. Isaac Arthur. Isaac Arthur. Um, what you got? You got another one you want to throw I got out another there? one. It's uh, I like to make stuff. Ooh. It's this dude, Bob, and he, you, you know, like carpentry, just like doing anything, 3D printing. He does basically like you'd want a TV show to be, like to the point, good, and the guy's just like does voiceovers, then he talks to the camera, and it's, it's time lapse of him doing stuff in his okay. shop. This is one where I watched like 10 of them over the course of a couple weeks, and then I was like hooked. And then I went back and I watched every single video, and he has at least fifty of these things. Oh shit! And they're like, yeah, six to twelve minutes long. Okay. So I mean, they're great. I'll check that out. Cause I, I like, like to make stuff. I like to make stuff too. Yeah. <clears throat> I've only got a couple more, so I'm gonna bang through them here. Yep. Um, the next one I have is uh, called uh, John Michael Godier, mm-hmm. and um, he's he's up there. He's he's very similar to uh, Isaac Arthur. Same thing. 
Um, he's actually a published science fiction author, so he's written books and stuff, many books. Um, and one of his shows is called Signs of Life on Enceladus, you know, things like that. So he doesn't really get so much into the... So Isaac Arthur gets into the, some of the quasi-theories, and a lot of it's him basically theorizing on stuff, not necessarily facts. Like He's guessing at some stuff, uh, but it sounds like it makes sense. He doesn't refer to a lot of, like facts and stuff he's kind of like oh i think this might be a thing and he talks about it based on where we're at now um the the go to your guy is more he's more based in fact and like here's a planet and here's a moon and here's the things we could do for sure he doesn't wax and wane on it as much mm-hmm. i guess um so uh john michael go and then i and then there's a couple quick ones on here i've got left too um one's called it's called up and adam atom this is a, a, a female um, YouTuber, which in the in this realm is is it's not common. There's just there's not that many females that do right. this kind of stuff. And she has five or ten minute videos on things like what is consciousness? Can can computers be conscious? Um, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear, it doesn't make a sound. She's she's very quick with her bits, and it's interesting. Um, and then I guess the last one I have on here, I have more, but they they get to be kind of like similar. Um, mm-hmm. the last one I have is. Um, a curious droid and it's it's also got like tesla midterm here's what's going on with tesla kind of stuff and it's it's more of snapshots so 10 minute 10 minute long videos of what's going on and actually technology. you mentioned curious droid already did i yep that's that's too bad because i'm trying this is laid out double recommendation it's, it's a good one i think that's all the ones on my list okay i guess there, there was one more i'm looking for and it's it's it's, it's a numbers one Okay. Um, cause, and it's all about numbers. Oh, it sounds kind of boring, but no, numbers are fun. Numbers are fun. And I wanted to see if I can find it. Um, I got one that's that's odd. Go for it. If you want to get into, or you're already practicing yoga, yeah. you'll go with Adrian. Adrian? A-D-R-I-E-N-E. I think it's a chick up in Madison, I want to say. But she has, how many subscribers does she have? Holy crap. Uh, 3.7 million subscribers. Holy shit. Her personality is great. She's just cool. And I've done maybe 10 or 15 different yoga videos with her kind of thing. Okay. I usually cry while I'm doing yoga. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing myself in, talk about you, yoga on a podcast. Marshmallows dipped in yoga. Marshmallows dipped in yoga. <laughs> There's a thing. That's going to be the book oh, I write. <laughs> Literally. That's that's pretty much all I've got. So if, if you don't want to go to a yoga class or you just want to try it out, like, dude, it's free and there's hundreds of videos and, and they're actually really well done like from six minutes to 45 minutes long all right yeah i'm sure she's probably fairly easy on the eyes i would imagine yeah namaste bro <laughs> namaste <laughs> wow okay yeah so that's my uh there's probably a couple more stuck in there but i don't want to bring my laptop in um mm-hmm. i just it's backed up i gotta go to the you just signed the crap out of my youtube subscriptions by the way uh, yeah <laughs> i subscribed to five of those that you recommended i i typed yours in so i'm gonna look at those when i get home uh t- later tonight to check things out but um the the last thing i i have time to, what time is it i need to be out of here by like 7 15 to the latest 6 40 oh you're good the last thing I want to talk about is, uh, I guess, Elon Elon Musk, but not necessarily him particularly, but maybe what's going on with SpaceX, his company, and uh, the level of just rocketry and stuff going on right now. So um, I guess in general right now, before we get into that specifics, just kind of a tangent tangent cam or something, Joe, Joe, question what Joe does, is that I am super excited to be alive at, at this point in, in 
the timeline of humanity. Yes, um, me too. Where I think we're about to, I think the 2020s are just literally going to be epic. Um, the the rate at which humans are growing and learning is exponential. Like between 1900 and 2000 of that century, we had just as much technological gain in the first 10 years, essentially of 2000. So 2010 and as much innovation as the first hundred years before it. And they're also saying that between 2015 and 2010, uh, it, it, it shrinks. So as every year goes by, they're saying that by 2020, that, that one year will have as much technological growth as the previous hundred years combined in. It's, it, it's, it's ramping up. I want to be a part of this. We, we are a part of this. I'm, no, I want to be directly we're, a part of this. We're literally directly a part of this right now because <laughs> um, we're talking about it, and it's cool. Okay. Um, a, lot of, a lot of scientists and smart people think that the, the first person that's going to live to be over 1,000 years old has already been born. They're already on the planet. Dude. So the, the level of holy shit, this is happening, that's going on in the medical in medical fields. Where do people talk about this? Sorry to it's interrupt you. It's on some of these channels? All the YouTube channels. You, that's all there. If you come across one that we didn't talk about, just text me. Not I don't all, care what time it is. 24-7, I'm available. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I thought about this last night, about the sheer level of all the interesting shit very powerful shit that's going on that nobody knows about because they're worried about what the fuck Donald Trump is doing they're or not what even, the NFL is doing. They're not even cognizant and no. present in their daily life. They, they don't even, even know have the, what the, the fuck's going on. The um, know-how to like to even think, think about, about what's going on. Yeah, like Their world's so small. It's tiny, and that's why I want people to listen to these podcasts because what's going on in the medical world is insane. They're, they're, the FDA, there's a group of people that are... Tr pushing to treat aging as a disease and are on the cusp of having fda well, yeah, your cells drugs. aren't like replicating no, without damaging dna they, they have found lots of different things that essentially they talked there's a show that talked about health span not lifespan health span living healthily and healthy to 120 150 not just being alive and being on all the drugs being healthy. I have a question for you about this. So 120 years as being a common lifespan for people or maybe getting to 500 years, 1,000 years, do you think it's going to be more acceptable to allow people to um, euthanize themselves? I, I, I guess because it's not... Like, it, you I, get tired after a while. Well, that was one of the arguments that Joe uh, was like, he kind of got salty when people are like, oh, you get tired of all and these And by the way, I'm not depressed. I didn't just think about that right away. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he goes, you know, if you do get tired of all the things, and then you can obviously, you know, kill yourself at some point. But honestly, if you have the power to live to be as old as you'd like to be healthy, just think of all the things you could do. Like, and I, literally. The, the thing that people don't like about aging, right, is the mental aging. Yeah. Right? You you kind of losing your sharpness. You don't remember things. Yeah. And then the, the fear of going to see now or losing your memory. See, that's the that's thing. That's the thing people don't want to grow up. I think if your mind stayed as sharp as it does right now, give me as long as I can that's take. That's the point is that they're, they are on the cusp of figuring out cancer. Done. They're on the cusp of figuring out anything. Please. Gene editing. We talked about it earlier. They're literally going to be able to fix every type of disease cancer alzheimer's dementia and they're gonna be able to put nanobots into your body that can essentially scrub your arterial arterial walls of, of cholesterol like you can literally rebuild your body good because i'm having burgers tonight <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thing in the medical field um it's just it's just amazing that the, all the things are happening in it at once so they have the whole medical field with life 
you know, enhancing health spans. You have the whole push for uh, getting to another planet has been driven by essentially one major player, and that's Elon Musk. And I watched a couple documentaries on this guy. This fool, this, this is not this fool, that's not the world, this super smart guy. This fool is not, the, that's totally the wrong word. He built Tesla, for one. He built Solar City, which is the largest manufacturer and installer of solar panels in the world. Yep. He's building the Gigafactory to build batteries. He self-pioneered and self-funded SpaceX. How many people are going to have this dude as their role model? It, hopefully up? a lot, because this dude, he... Is there anyone else like him on the planet right now? Not that That, I, that is, like, semi-popular, no. at least that we've even heard of. Well, there's Jeff Bezos, but he's not He's not as That's cool. just because he's crazy Jeff rich. Bezos is literally... He has $135 billion. So with the amount of money Jeff Bezos does, like, has, he does so much less percent awesome as Musk... Yeah. Where he has the power to do so much percent he, more, he does, and so I guess we talk about both of them to finish up. So there's 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 several private players in the space launch industry. The two biggest ones are SpaceX, funded by Elon Musk, essentially, and then Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos's baby. And per year, Jeff Bezos, I think he's putting in like a billion dollars a year. He has enough money to fund at current levels without making a profit for another 135 years. Hmm. So they have two different distinct agendas. So the agenda for SpaceX is to become interplanetary and settle Mars. Yep. Okay, that's the goal for Elon that's Musk. The goal. Okay, that's his overarching goal. It's a good goal. first goal. It's his goal. And then Blue Origin's goal is it's not that. It's completely different. It's that he wants people, Jeff Bezos, to be able to live in and colonize the moon and live in Earth orbit. That's that's and travel cheaply into and out of space. That's his his plan. Okay. Basically. And both of them have some similar concepts and designs and core competencies that they use to do this. And I'm going to talk about that next. So basically imagine if you got on a, a, an Airbus A330 and you and however three or four people flew to Japan, you got off, and then they destroyed that airplane. It's okay, well, we got to build another airplane for you to fly back. How ridiculously expensive that would be to do that and like, yep. well, that's just dumb well that's what we've been doing with rockets since we've had rockets you shoot a saturn V rocket at a cost of like 60 million dollars in the space and then it's garbage space junk it's literally a one-use machine so elon musk was like well that's just a terrible business model for a private you know industry for the government you know whatever it's a government but elon musk is like that's terrible you're not going to get the cost it's it, it, in it's all about getting the cost per pound down. That's what this game is about. Right. And this kind of aligns with our civilization's use and like how much power we can gather, yes. right? Because we don't want to use fossil fuels and no. everything else. If we elevate our power game, we can do yeah. something that's just like, oh, yeah, we harness this from the sun. Yes. And boom. So I watched an, an interesting, uh, from a show I didn't mention, an interesting uh, similarity metaphor that the Union Pacific and um, the other company, the other railway train station back in 1869 where they met at Promontory Ridge where they formed and built the first intercontinental railroad. Okay, it was two private companies. It was Union Pacific and, God, this is terrible. I forgot the other one. Um, but the two independent companies, and that was paralleled with today with Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos. And they were saying, okay, to go from New York to California cost in that time's money like 
$1,000 and it took six months and there's a really good chance you're going to die from dysentery. You've played Oregon Trail. Yep. It cost a lot of money. It was terrible. It was just a terrible, terrible journey. When they got done with this railroad, it cost $150 and it took a week. Which is balling. Which is balling. And that's what spurred the entire West growth. That's why California became the thing. Yep. And it essentially said, hey, if you build it, we build this railway. It, it literally changed the entire face of our country and our civilization. It, it changed everything. Yep. And that's the same thing that's happening with space right now. I got goosebumps just talking about this. Yeah, these two guys. I was like, you know what? We're going to get to space because that's the thing that humanity needs to do. And they're going to build it. And they're going to build these launch vehicles that, that I'm going to get to are reusable. Not yeah. 10%, 20%, 50%, 100% reusable. Very, very, very little loss in sending them up, sending them down. Which drastically cheapens the cost of getting material, people, resources into outer space. And once you do that and you have a proven technology and you can mass produce it... And you can demonstrate to all the companies on the planet that you can get their stuff into space for cheap. You can create an entire industry that doesn't even exist. Once we're in space and we can transport things in and out of planets, the moon, whatever, what about our solar panel game? Because you don't have, you know, rotation around the earth. No. We no. can just we can mass collect <clears throat> from the sun yes. and get that Dyson sphere going. We we can. What once Okay, so Jeff Bezos' plan is to move, and I'll picture this, all heavy industry to the moon. Heavy industry. That's heavy. just an Amazon thing. He didn't have to think that hard about well, it. That's Prime what, moon. That's literally what his plan is, to <laughs> where we cool. have the earth. Because both of these gentlemen want to save the earth. Okay, They don't yeah. come out and say, we're trying to save the earth, because whatever. But that's what they want to do. Jeff Bezos envisions the earth as basically just a living space, as residential, it's service, it's light industrial. And it takes all the toxic, heavy polluting in yes. industry heavy things off planet and we go clean with everything else we good. literally go clean with everything else and elon musk is coming at it from a different way he's got he makes the he's the largest producer of solar panels in the world he's got electric cars so these two guys are, they're coming at it from their own angles okay yep. and power to them for doing that so once we are able to have a heavy lift vehicle to get stuff into space for cheaper it's still not, it's still expensive but cheaper it changes the game. So I have just enough time to talk about, I guess, the, the rockets that, that are, are coming up right now. So let's go into that real quick. So we, okay. we, we briefly talked about um, the self-landing rocket. I saw the video that was at you know, Francesco's. This rocket came down and it landed itself. And I almost fell over how cool that was. And the mm -hmm. audience was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. What's for lunch? What's for dinner? I'm like, this rocket just landed by itself. How cool. I, I, I was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And they took that and they multiplied it by a thousand. So they had the Falcon One, which was like a forty or fifty meter rocket, and uh, it was it, it got into outer space. It failed the first three times, and on the fourth time, just before Elon Musk went bankrupt, it, it got out there. And he was literally at the cusp of being broken. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. He self-funded this shit. And the first three rockets he built, designed, exploded or failed to reach. They, they, they didn't work. And he was down to, well, okay, we got one more shot at this. Or uh, People were pulling the con, and it got out there, and it worked. And that was Falcon 1. So now they have the, the next iteration. It's called it's Falcon 9. And it's about 10 times bigger. It's about and the numbers I'm going to screw up because I don't remember call, But it's, it's much, much bigger. And... It, it gets stuff out of space, and the Falcon 9 heavy lift 
Um, it's basically the, the Falcon 9 with two additional boosters on the side that is currently, by a factor of two, the biggest rocket of payload capacity that the Earth has ever seen. It can carry up literally twice as much stuff as yep. the, the, the biggest rocket ever could at a, at a cost that is less than like a, a 15th of a percent. It's so much cheaper because they reuse the yeah. rockets. They land. Smart. Aren't they using different fuel too, like kerosene they, based or they what have, are they using? It's liquid oxygen something. Oxygen is the like propellant. It's called LOX. Or, L-O-X. Okay, I got you. Um, so basically, the 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 first stages shoot up. They do the thing, and they self propel, and they self land, and they are reused. So you don't have to throw the plane away, and then it gets into outer space. So the next thing on the list for okay, so it's called the Falcon, right? Named after the Millennium Falcon. That's literally why you called it that. Wait for it. Here it comes. Okay. So the next iteration of the the deal here is called the BFR. Okay, so remember when you were playing games and you had the BFG? You know what the BFG is, right? That's the mm-hmm. big fucking gun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so the next version is the BFR, and it's not the big fucking rocket, which I think he may have been tongue in cheek with. It's the big Falcon rocket. And this machine is a two-stage rocket. It has 37 individual um, engines. engines. Yep. Stage one and stage two. So stage one is the is the main part below it that has like thirty engines on it, and it gets everything into low Earth atmosphere. And stage two, which holds the cargo, either you know personnel or people or or stuff, it's it's more of a it's still a cylindrical tube, um, but it's it's the part two that goes into the actual outer space, delivers the payload, and it also reenters. Of course. So the the cargo carrying capacity of the the BFR is is more than an Airbus A380. So it can hold more stuff than the largest commercial plane ever made for carrying people. What? Yeah, so that's kind of a thing. So this is in development. It hasn't been built yet. Um, on paper, it looks good. They've already got the engines figured out. It's the same engines they use in the Falcon X and the Falcon 9. So it's pretty badass. Pretty badass. That's, on the th- that's what he wants to use to deliver stuff to Mars to seed it with resources before people go. And Elon's schedule to go to Mars is within the next five years. It's not like, oh, this is a 20 or 30. This is five years from now. And he's he admits that's a pretty uh, hard goal to meet, but that's his timeline. He's literally trying to get to Mars within the next five years. Well, he's pretty impressive. I think he can pull it off. I, I hope he can because this is, this is a game changer for everybody. Yep. So, and then Jeff Bezos, uh, his 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 rocket, the Blue Origin, is is different. It's also an impressive rocket as well. It's the same philosophy. It has multiple stages. Uh, they get reused. Um, he's almost got to one approved to where his his first rocket, and I forgot the name, is designed to basically take six or seven passengers um, to the edge of space, and they can be weightless for about four minutes. It's completely pilotless. It's completely autonomous. The thing shoots up there. The passenger like, hey, we're hanging out for four minutes. We're floating, and then it lands itself. So it's kind of like a gimmick. It's kind of gimmicky. Yeah. Um, but you're going to find people that are going to spend a million bucks a pop or whatever to hop on that thing and try it out for a day. It's proof of concept, basically. So my question is, yeah, we're burning all this fuel to get up there. That's great. But I think it doesn't need to be like electric eventually or something <clears throat> well, or a different chemical reaction that's not as dirty. So we're not it's, it's doing gonna be fossil nuclear. kind it'll, of stuff. It'll be nuclear yep. rockets. And 
the like, oh, nuclear. No, nuclear rockets. That you nuclear can't, waste is just heat. It's just right? heat. In space, it doesn't matter. You can't. Okay, so the specific instance of energy that you get from chemicals versus nuclear is not even comparison. You get so much more energy per per liter pound of, of chemicals than you do from anything nuclear. It's just they're not even close. But in space, you don't need that kind of energy right. difference because there's 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 the space. It's a vacuum. You just need a little oomph. So the equivalent of burning the kerosene is probably 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> okay, Doc Brown. This sucker's nuclear. <laughs> Mr. Fusion. Uh, so in, in space, the... Uh, okay, so uh, on that note, Voyager is the largest... Or sorry, it's the farthest away man-made thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's actually... That probe just it, deep. It, it left... It's, it's left it past the heliopause. And the heliopause is basically the furthest out that our sun has presence as far as a push. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a shockwave there where the rest of interstellar space pushes back, and it's kind of the spot where they meet. And it's like, okay, you're literally left the neighborhood You're saying now. the influence of gravity for the sun? It's, well, the influence of gra- not so much gravity, but also the solar power push, the solar wind, okay. if yep. you will. The, all the effects of the sun are basically stopped at that point. They're, they're neutral. Mm-hmm. And for the next 300, I don't know, years or something, it's going to travel... 300 or 30,000, I forget. I think 300 to get to the Oort cloud, and then 30,000 more years to pass through. Is it still cloud. sending a stream of data back? It just stopped, and this is where I want to go with it. This thing was it, it was launched um, in the month of my birth, in the September or October of 1977. Voyager 2 left first, and then Voyager 1. Oh, yeah. And it's nuclear reactor with 1970s technology was still on. Yeah, it was still able to power a minimum of instruments. It, they had to turn off a lot of its stuff to like you know because it's to save energy, but it was still able to say, "Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's where we're going," for forty years. So awesome, and they're communicating with this thing still. They it's, it's actually to the point where or they were. It's about to be basically blend in with the rest of the universe. It's very it's pretty much done. You know what? I, I'm surprised didn't happen since this is '70s technology. People just pointing a satellite at that area and hacking that bitch. <laughs> I don't know what you'd be able to do with it. The thrusters are offline. It can't. Well, just to get the data, right? Oh well, I guess maybe. I'm, you I'm know sure what? That's probably encrypted. a public. That's that's got to be a public you thing. Think so? Yeah, it's '70s stuff. It's. I just want to like have it up and be like, yeah, I got the Voyager up. No big deal. It's on the, <laughs> the my last monitor here. The space <laughs> so I guess my point is that with 1970s technology for a reconnaissance probe, a, uh, a probe. Not meant to move asteroids, not meant to do anything mining, just, just to go and send information. A nuclear reactor, and we're not talking like this megastructure, it's a small thing. They have three of them, three probably shoebox-sized nuclear reactors stacked together that powered yeah. this thing for 40 fucking Get years. Get a big one on this uh, big SpaceX one, one with yeah. the payload, huge you got so much power. That's the next so thing. So much power. So I was walking this morning, and I'm building a a <laughs> building a fucking spaceship in my head, and I'm picturing like our next steps of what we should do to personally to do for mm-hmm. bringing stuff. And there's a lot of talk to to finish up this conversation, I guess, of going out and finding an asteroid in the belt and bringing it back here. 
and there's there's several different types of asteroids. They classify them as to having water or having heavy metal or having uh, you know silica-based stuff. Where we can we can land on these asteroids and essentially set up mining operations and produce fuel and produce material we can use to construct things with autonomous robots. Yeah, and that's a good intermediary, right, to use that material yeah. until we can get enough energy and it's everything called, else. It's to... called in situ in situ resource utilization, using the stuff at the location to to build your stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Building air, being able to make air, being for us, for people, obviously. Yep. Um, but all this stuff is going to be happening with, with robots. We're not talking about sending people. It's just not feasible to get a human Chemist, being out there. Chemist, robots, boom. Yeah, it's going to be autonomous robots that are smart. That's where AI comes in. Yep. And also being directed by people. So being able to send a, a, a fleet of, of nuclear-powered robots in spaceships to an asteroid, attaching themselves to it and tugging it. Uh, essentially back to uh, an, an Earth orbit to to do a lot of things, proof of concept, to mine it, to have a way station between here and the moon, to essentially have a spot. Okay, here's a giant rock now that's in orbit. And I thought about what if, what if they fuck this up and it actually crashes on the planet and, like, you know, fucking ends humanity. So like, maybe get a small one to start. We'll have people on Mars by then. Well, we will. When the, yeah. Yes, that's the t- Yeah, we'll have people on Mars before we were grabbing up these rocks. Uh, but the point is to have these these machines that can go like they're saying that one asteroid, one kilometer wide, just one of these things can have more precious metal on it than pretty much ever. Like it can have all the gold, it can have all the palladium, platinum, tungsten, titanium, all the metals. Why do you think that is? Because they're just they're just left over from the creation of the universe and the planets and so the solar systems. So you say it have more than our Earth. Because yes, because as far as mineable, because it's, it's right oh, there. Oh, yeah, because we can't get can't get we at can't it. Can't it's in get the crust. deep enough. No, again, deep. But it's right there on the asteroid, and they're actually concerned that you know, you get one asteroid, and you're going to crash the market. As far as oh, well, now we have all the gold, so they're actually concerned about you know screwing up the economy of things because these rocks are essentially just like oh, there's a rock full of water, there's a rock full of stuff. And we collect enough of these rocks up, we can actually start forming stuff my my idea was to bring back a rock big enough to use as the counterweight to uh the space elevator which would be future technology that's that's got to be at least 100 years out but you know just doing these things humans in space aren't just going to be we're going to use rockets we're going to use all different types of technology to to get out there and do the stuff it's not going to be one guy and after elon and after jeff bezos have success doing the thing and they've proven it and they've pioneered the way well, you're going to have more people. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the not necessarily the billionaires, but the hundreds of millionaires and the other entrepreneurs and the people that are going to come out of the woodwork. And once they realize, holy shit, there's a structure to do this, it's going to it's going to be a paradigm shift in the way our our, our species thinks. I hope so. More I, prosperity and less I corruption. Too. I hope it focuses us on something bigger than who's winning the sports game today. And what are the politicians doing? And what's this stupid kiki dance? And it just all the the tripe that we get lost in the day to day, the stuff that honestly doesn't matter and distracts us as a species. Hopefully that that goes away once they oh we're on Mars now we're living on Mars. Once we think more like beyond our Earth, right? When people know that there's stuff outside because no one ever looks up and thinks oh oh no wow but beyond this blue. There's actually stars in yeah. the universe and more Other than just like stuff. Rockford. I, yeah. <laughs> you know? I think people need to get past the, the the nationalists and the 
and the countries and the languages and the religions and get to the spec of we're all human beings. Yes. And we, we're all on this one rock. That's all we have. We're all born from like the same thousand we, people. We're we basically all brothers and sisters. We're sister. all born from the same stars that collapsed billions of years ago. Cousins. We're all to, we're all interconnected. And to think that our, our day is like, oh, oh, it's petty. I think it's petty. And to be focused on something that's bigger, that's humanity-driven. That's why I'm so fascinated with the stars. It's a human-changing thing. This yep. is how we evolve as a species because we have to. We're travelers. That's what humans do. We explore. Once we get to a spot, we want to get to the next spot. We found all the spots on Earth except for the deep-sea spots. And other than that, it's space. That's all that's left for us to do. And it's going to take these pioneering individuals to say, hey, screw these governments. We're going to do this because we can. And for once sure. they do and they demonstrate because they're doing it, it's happening right now. We and got some rich doers. Some rich doers. And honestly, I can't think of a better thing for them to be putting their effort towards at all. No. These guys could be living on an island sipping margaritas they off the They could use their money to temporarily fix local problems, yeah, they could. but they're forward thinking. They're, they're thinking about changing the course of humanity. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I can't think of a better use of, of money to, to, to do than that. I mean, yeah, you know, the, the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, they're, they're giving away money to help, you know, immediate fix problems malaria. Fix, fix malaria these are and that, that's not to say that's not important too but they're doing that someone's already doing that with a lot of money they're still part of the awesome people club they are definitely but, a part of the awesome people club yeah. and i think that when when time looks back and here's to look back at this very specific time in humanity this is the space race it's not the 1950s within the 60s getting to the moon that was the, the precursor mm -hmm. that was nation building that was figuring out democracy versus communism and it was throwing money again in this space this is capitalism and human change and changing the way humans think and the way humans live and literally changing humanity because once people live on mars and grow up on mars and are born on mars they're martians yeah they're not human beings anymore they're martians. people on earth are gonna be like i hate martians <laughs> have you watched <laughs> <laughs> well there, there's, a, there's a whole show on that called the expanse uh, there's a Martians in the I gotta watch and, that and one still. You gotta watch the shit out of that. Yeah. That's, okay. That's good. That's shit. my show. I'm gonna get watch into. The, watch the Expanse. It's the first two seasons are free. Will I cry? On, on, no crying. Oh man, I'm up for it. <laughs> I need to stop crying so much. But yeah, but they, they'll 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 be they'll be raised in different gravity and they'll look different and over time they will be different people than us. So we're okay. literally these people are literally helping humanity literally change our the course of our destiny and. If we want to ultimately be successful as a species and grow, and do, we have to get off this planet. We, we can't put all of our eggs in this one basket. It's too, it's too dangerous. We're one plague, one super volcano, one asteroid, one just thing away from not existing anymore. And all the knowledge of humanity is wasted and it's gone. It's a blip that will never be known to the rest of the universe. In fact, I'll leave you with this thought before I go here. If something like that happens to the planet Earth where it's done and, you know, sunburst or just something destroys the planet and the human humanity is gone and there's just literally nothing left on the planet Earth. One of the very few things left, and I'm talking stuff in the atmosphere and the, and the satellites, they all fall and that's all garbage. One of the very few things left that humanity has that says, hey, we are here is the Voyager probes. It is the Pioneer probes. And that's it. And on the Voyager probe, there's a golden disc that uh, Carl Sagan and a couple of the really smart people put together. It's a record. And it contains images of uh, 
humans and it has pictures and sounds of earth and people and music and it's got a couple hydrogen atoms on there and it has earth's position relative to 13 known quasars and it's our solar system laid out and it says hey here we are we were humans we existed that's badass it's super badass the chance of an intelligent civilization ever finding that is probably the, the smallest of percentage like literally like the, pick the smallest plank percentage but that's it it's out there and it's traveling and there's a there's a chance sometime very 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 f- stupid far in the future yeah it, that somebody finds this and, and there's a chance we find one too and, and there's a chance we find one too so and one other thing to think bigger like looking up at the stars and everything i've been doing like just imagining yeah thinking bigger than here is uh you know just thinking about raw elements yeah about how it has to do supernova and you just get yeah. more complex and heavier elements and everything else like looking at titanium versus like all this other stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah. Like that blows my mind. And then the bigger picture blows my mind because, yeah, stardust. We're all. All that stuff yeah. literally came from, from dying stars. Everything. You and me and everything. In fact, I'll, I'll also leave you on this That's too. That's a local thing you can think about that blows your mind. Just the, looking the, at stuff. Literally, you you and me. Um, the question. The, we're just basic uh, ass carbon though. That's not that hard to make. Well, one, <laughs> one of the things that Joe, Joe talked about on uh, Andrew, the Joe, what's the oldest thing? What are the oldest things? And the oldest thing turns out are, are you and me because the stuff that formed the laws of nature, the gluons, the, the bosons, the, the fermions, various structures of the universe formed in the first one fifth of a second, um, are in us. So essentially we are the oldest things. In the universe. We are the beings. We are. So, yeah. We constructed the test. I got to go, bro. I got to go DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, say goodbye yeah, to me, Mark. <laughs> next time we can get into uh, well, consciousness and you know, universal scale. And, yeah. Let's um, keep going deeper. I want to go I deeper. I don't have time for this today, but we'll talk about that next time. Let's what? Talk, for Let's talk about universal No, I mean, let's go deeper next time for yeah, sure. For let's shizzle. just keep every for time. Okay. Thanks, party, Mike. All right. Greg, out. All right. Yeah. Yeah.